Welcome to Hockey Hot Dish, a Minnesota Wild podcast from Hockey Wilderness at SB Nation. Uh, I am Matthew Smith. You can find me on Twitter at Tape to Tape, and I am here with Thomas Williams. Hello, I'm Thomas Williams. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, site manager at Hockey Wilderness. Hello. Matt, how's it going? <laughs> hey, it's, uh, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know, you... You would think and hope that after uh, like a week long break from Minnesota Wild Hockey, that you would come back to it like rip roaring, ready to go. Yeah, it's. But I know, like it's it's struggling. I was excited for the game. I like I despite staying up so late, and we're talking about the Kings game, of course, that they unfrustratingly lost. But um, yeah, like I I stayed up late. I was excited. Whatever, like get back into it. New lineups. Jordan Greenway's returning. Perfect, and then. Just completely flat. Just nothing's going on. <laughs> and then, so just what a great time to have two games in the last seven days, and they haven't scored a goal in them. It's just perfect. Yeah, I think as as you pointed out, the Minnesota Wild have officially not scored a goal in over a week or <laughs> in a week's time. Yeah. It sounds a lot worse than it actually is, but it's nonetheless true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like... It, if we're not doing our jobs as like people that talk about the sport, if we don't bend the stats to what we want to say. <laughs> yeah. Make the, make the stats work for yeah, your narrative. That... Who cares if the narrative is true? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well on like in addressing that, uh, I thought maybe we could just talk about maybe some of the solutions or some of the ideas that we can come up with to sort of pull the wild out of the sort of, rut that they find themselves in i guess to begin the season it, it feels if it's like we're what 12 13 games into the season already and it just feels bad it, this yeah. has not been great well there's the whole <laughs> it's like steadily approaching but it's the whole like cliche and it's a cliche for a reason or a stereotype or, or whatever it's like a, a saying for a reason because it's mostly true is that if you're a playoff team that's not in the playoff a playoff spot. If you're a team that's not in a playoff spot by American Thanksgiving, then it's you're usually not going to be there. And the Wild aren't currently in a playoff spot, and Thanksgiving is in what like two weeks. So um, yeah, yeah, it's not it's not a great look. And I I know that you can I feel like you can blame injuries on it, like missing Felino and Hartman and Duhame for a while now and then is kind of a rough spot and then hopefully Greenway can kind of come back um, in full force. But I don't know. It's like, it's tricky to think about what they can do. Like what, what are your first thoughts on it? Like what they can do to start winning hockey games. Well, I mean, the, the pragmatist in me <laughs> thinks that they should just stay the course uh, I think, yeah, like there's been a lot of bad luck and injuries and and stuff that sort of contributed to the slow start to the season. It sort of felt like everything started with those first two really bad games and they've never really gotten out of that rut since. Yeah. But on the other hand, we're talking about a team that has as like is in the same sort of group for five on five uh, goals for as the Arizona Coyotes, <laughs> the Chicago Blackhawks. The absolutely putrid St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Um, it's so it's it just isn't good. It's so they need to do. It feels like something needs to happen, 
And I think that there are some uh, pathways to sort of shake everything up because the guys, the players on the team that you would have expected to step in and sort of change what's going on in the team in the dressing room have performed sort of the way we've wanted them to or expected them to. So really it's on like the the old guard, I guess, to sort of pick up the slack. And when I, I mean, we can name names. I would probably say like Matt Dumba, um, Marcus Foligno, even Joel Erickson Eckes has not really felt like himself, even though he's still keeping up with the point production. Yeah, like it's, I think the defense has been a lot of Erickson Eckes game that you've obviously focused on. And then it's just not been, the whole team-wide defense hasn't been there. But like offensively, there is definitely an issue. I feel like that has to be addressed over everything. Like goaltending, it was a concern. And Flurry's just suddenly been good. I doubt that'll keep this way forever. But um, we can at least. But I will take you know creamy middles yeah. from him. Like I don't. We don't need the ultra highs or the all the very low lows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we we can at least pause on like the goaltending crisis and worry about that. Um, but offensively, it's just been uh, a problem. Like from the start, I feel like like all situations. What now? They have. Oh God, I have to count the 24th ranked shooting percentage in all situations. So it's hovering around other teams that are, are, are like not performing well, like the flames. And then it's like sharks, blue jackets, Panthers, Rangers, Rangers, whatever. Um, and then blues are dead last because they just are terrible. But um, like, it's, it's something that, okay, this is actually really funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you're just talking about the coyotes uh, production like how yeah. it's not there so they lead the league in, in shot percentage i was just thinking that i was like are they like overperforming? <laughs> yeah they are <laughs> i mean there's no doubt that they're overperforming. they're really really bad yeah, yeah. uh but i mean they also the wild have also the um the third worst pdo in the league mm-hmm. i mean it depends on how much you believe in pdo to sort of describe right. luck but yeah it's they there needs to be something like is there specific solutions like what around let's just start with trades i guess like a trade seems like an obvious thing to sort of shake up the dressing room and the on ice product um and it feels like we've been talking about trading matt dumba for absolute years um, for probably almost his entire tenure and he's got an expiring contract uh there's almost no way that I can see them re-signing him. So he sort of seems to be like the number one name on the chopping block. If you were, if you were going to do like a shake him up trade, uh, and especially with his sort of poor play. Yeah. Like, do you see, like, is there a move that you can think of with involving Dumba? Like, it's, it's hard. Cause you look at Dumba and you look at what he's meant to the, to the team and everything. And you know, Garen is so, emotionally tied to this roster and i i mentioned it on i think it was the mile high hockey the abs podcast um went on quickly that just like before the season but they're talking about dumba and it's like you don't trade away you don't make a bunch of other trades to keep a guy through two expansion drafts to then just send him on his way as soon as like he might not be playing super well I think the most likely scenario, um, like 
very, very likely is that he just can keeps he stays with the Wild until the end of the season, unless the Wild are complete dog shit. Um, which I guess you could say that right now. But I feel like the pressure will be building eventually in say six to eight weeks of trading Dumba if the team's not better. Um now you got caught now you have me caught in a hard place of figuring out what team would actually want Dumba. Um Oh boy. Um, I mean while while you're trying to figure that out, like Matt Dumba's got two points in twelve games. Yeah. Uh which is not great. <laughs> he he had he had uh twenty seven in fifty seven games last year. He did spend a fair amount of time hurt, like a lot of guys have, but yeah, he's been it's it, at Hockey Wilderness, I feel like we've always been pretty big cheerleaders for Dumba, but his warts when they do show are really bad. Um he can be kind of sloppy defensively. Uh and it feels like those have turned up a lot this year and that's probably sort of tied to Brodeen's poor play and his inability to cover up for some of those mistakes or whoever Dumba has been has been playing with because there has been a fair amount of shuffling going on. Yeah, like Brodeen has been like incredible the past few seasons, but I feel like this season just a little started uh as soon as like he slips up a little bit like he doesn't have the partnership with Dumba that Dumba can come up and like support him in a way it's not a very like two-sided partnership uh, relationship so I do have a hypothetical trade or at least a team that I feel like should be interested in Dumba um and that is the Buffalo Sabres yeah (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I was actually talking to somebody from Expected Buffalo about this uh, because at the time uh, they've been in all sorts of uh, like dire situations with their defense. A lot of guys have been injured. I think at one point they had four injured defensemen. Um, so they were kind of desperate to just like even keep a fully fielded defense group out there. Yeah. They were talking about John Merrill. And I was, I, I think at the time I said I didn't, I can't really see them, them that happening. But Dumba is an interesting um, sort of like potential trade yeah. for them. The only issue I see is that Buffalo is smart this season and they have people in with control and power that can look up and see that Dumba's not playing well despite whatever pedigree he has. Um, and obviously, Sabres have a bunch of prospects. So it'd be like, and cast space. So I feel like if you're going for a team like the Sabres, if you're if you're sending Dumba to them, I feel like you're just getting picks and prospects because they have cast space and just like kind of keep the rotation in, build your core that is going to be around Rossi and Boldy, um, fit Brock Faber, Kayla Nass, and bring those guys like around and around that age group. So like an Isaac Rosen or... I don't think you're getting Jack Quinn or anything like that for Dumba, but like someone that's kind of around just recently drafted since like 2019 or whatever. Um, Another team that honestly, I feel like is way more realistic just because of who they have tried to acquire um, recently. And their blue line looks terrible for what they want to be is the Florida Panthers. Um, they have like 
no one on the blue line of note. Like Josh Mahura is playing like the top pairing, I'm pretty sure, and they claimed him off waivers. Um, so, but because they have no cast base, again, it'd be like the opposite of the Sabres deal where you would be trying to acquire a cast base. And they, there is Patrick Hornquist who makes 5.3 million. Um, so you could do a little bit of salary matching with, say, you get Hornquist and then a prospect like, I don't know, Sarah Noel, Noel or something like that. Um, just to match it out. So I, I feel like there's options and teams that would be interested in Dumba. It's just a matter of if the Wild want to go down that road and when they do. Because um, I feel like if they're in this position, then it's no question that they'll probably trade Dumba at the deadline. But it just all depends on their current situation. And if Dumba, if you see Dumba as someone that could actually contribute to a team that wants to get better. Yeah, I think the Florida Panthers are an interesting team. Uh, Patrick Hornquist would not be the name I would be looking well, at. Well, no, I'm just thinking of salary. <laughs> like, sure, like, I mean, salary-wise, if you could somehow make Sam Reinhardt well, work, yeah. that would be the one if they would give him up. Because I think that in this situation, like, the Wild can't just be dumping Matt. Like, I still think that Dumba is going to be, like, a plus asset. So you should be able to get something other than a 35-year-old. I mean on the final on an expiring deal i'm just i again i'm just saying with concussion issues um yeah i mean i don't like, like i'm not i'm seeing Hornquist says like a cap dump and like he was on he's on the panthers yeah. fourth line like um so like if it's hypothetically we're playing armchair dm we we love it we love doing it but say it's Hornquist, yeah they're second this year which might be like a top like 50 pick which in this draft is still pretty good and then someone like a Sarah Noel who has, let me see. Oh, he hasn't even played this year. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I don't know. Like someone, Justin Sordif, let me see quickly. Four points in eight games. He's 20 years old. Um, yeah, sure. Like some prospect, like a, like a decent prospect that they drafted recently in the top two rounds and just to someone just to add a little bit of not not to just have it as like a cap dump in a pick or whatever yeah i'm at the like it's really going to come down to uh like what garen thinks of this team like if you were to get rid of dumba is it you know a hockey trade in the hopes of sort of jump starting this roster or is it you know pushing the like kicking the can down the road on the whole structure yeah. of the team I think where you're looking at Zuccarello as no longer part of this team where you're looking at like that sort of decision if you're trade because if you're trading Dumba for you know picks and prospects or one or the other you are sort of deciding that this team is not going to be really competitive for the next two or three years yeah but it's also a matter of like not losing out like the only thing issue would be if you're trading Dumbo away in say a hockey trade, then be a team that wants to stay competitive. And it's it's a matchup of competitive teams don't usually have cap space to spend. And then whoever you're getting back is probably on like a decently sized deal. Like if yeah, like I don't even know who to really look at. Cause it, again, it's all taking 
away from a team that is good and you just expect them to want to keep good players around because they want to be good. Like it's, it's kind of a wishy-washy thing. Like do, do the penguins go after it, but they have literally zero cast base, like $5,000. So then are you looking at just acquiring random players that make up that room? So then you're looking at like, getting jason zucker back like i don't i don't know that's just a weird deal yeah. and like i uh, it's it's tricky because then also you're, the penguins are suddenly losing offensive depth and why would they do that when they're struggling and blah blah but like i think right now for the next like two two months it'll all just be waiting for guys to come back and see what's up because like you said like the 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 realistic approach is to just keep going at it and just seeing what they have and seeing if this roster can do so much because it is still a change roster. It does have Marco Rossi on it. It does have guys like, um, yeah, like Sam Steele, if he can do anything um, good. But like, it's, I feel like we'll kind of start to figure out and start to figure out maybe pairings too. Cause I don't think when everyone comes back that it's a, it's written in stone that Felino will go back with Erickson Eck and Greenway. Like I think, if Erickson Eck and Boldy have this connection and then Greenway comes back as kind of a space clear, then suddenly Felino, Felino's job might be on the fourth line and might replace someone like Sam Steele. And Sam Steele sees himself as a 13 forward or on waivers soon. Like it's, it's, it's something that I feel like this roster is way better than they currently are. And they're missing really key players like, like Felino and Hartman that provides that scoring depth because it's it's the stars can't do it all themselves like if you look at just like who's leading the team in scoring it's Caprizov, Zuccarello, Boldy and Erickson and then those are the guys that you expect to be hovering around like at this stage of the game around a point per game and then they'll drop off a little bit but that's where your your depth like Felino and Hartman comes through so I think it's just waiting around, seeing what happens, um, and then figuring out kind of an <laughs> enticing lineup decision because seeing a third line, and I love Mason Shaw, I love Connor Dewar, but seeing a third line feature both of them as wingers isn't the most inspiring thing to kind of have. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll keep talking. <laughs> we'll keep talking it out in a little Minnesota Wild therapy session. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we were just talking about um, some of what ails the Minnesota Wild and sort of the reason that they find themselves in this early season doldrum. Um, you did mention that the Stars are producing guys like Erickson Ek, Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Boldy. And, I mean, you last year, you were, I mean, you were talking about how this team... Uh, 
sort of waiting and seeing to see if this team can produce anywhere near what they were like last year. And just to like put that into perspective, like at five on five, they had the second highest shooting percentage in the league last year. And they now have the fourth worst. (laughs) So, and I mean, Kevin Fiala was a really dynamic scorer, but he wasn't that dynamic. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, Uh, it's, it's though, like I already mentioned Felino and Hartman, but I feel like it's those guys that they're missing because it's that's why their shooting percentage was so high because they got in those dangerous areas. Because if you look at the team's high danger shot percentage, shooting, shooting percentage, um, they are what they are 11th, actually, they're actually good. almost right around what they were last yeah. year. <laughs> so they're like in overall, it's just. Felino and Hartman are those guys that will finish around the net and they don't have them. And that's why their shooting right. percentage were, was like sky high last year. And I'm not saying that they'll be able to like, I think it was Marcus Felino literally led the league in shooting percentage last year with like 40 or something. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to repeat that, but it's, it is still a skill that you could have a, a shooting percentage over 20 or whatever, because you pick and choose your, your chances and your, skillful enough that you can kind of scrap and get to that front of the net spot um where clearly the wild are like are still getting enough chances out there because they are still like oh they're 22nd and raw like whatever all all situations um high dangerous chances but still like it's it's just got getting those guys back and i feel like then kind of trickles down and provides a little bit more depth so one other sort of the reason that we were talking about this is because yesterday we were sort of talking back and forth during the game about there's sort of a a concept going around that we the if the wild are going to pick themselves out of this they're going to have to sort of vulture another team who's really struggling who most people would think would be competitive but hasn't been so far and st louis blues are coming up because sort of the reports in the media are that they are very ready to blow it up because it's going so poorly. Um, I don't see many names on that team. They in they really invested in the young guys who performed well last year, specifically like Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, and you are not getting one of those from the Blues. And also, I don't know if you want one of them. Um, they signed both of them to eight-year extensions so they're in the final year i think of their first or second contracts and they signed them to i don't think it was identical but it was they're both eight and a half million plus uh it's, or eight eight point one two five yeah they're identical identical and they're 23 and 24 and i don't think that either of those guys robert thomas is interesting but again you don't want You'd have to give up so much to get Robert oh, yeah. Thomas. Um, and also, I think that, that they're probably looking at those two guys as like their core if they're going to kick the can down the road. So that leaves guys like Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, Paul Buchnevich, um, Brain Shen, I guess. But all of these guys have like six and a half plus contracts. Um, and specifically, like Ryan O'Reilly is an interesting name. But he's on an expiring contract, so yeah. if the Wild were to sort of go for a 31-year-old um, first second-line center, 
you're kind of expecting them he'd, they'd have to be going for it all this year <laughs> and sort of accept that they're not doing it next year yeah and like o'reilly i would love ryan o'reilly on this team because i feel like he's just not a yeah. big center or whatever but also like what would you actually have to trade to get him and it's not guaranteed but like he's looking for a massive payday like it, it's not you're right. you're not acquiring mark giordano if you're the least or whatever and you're expecting okay this is like gonna be your last contract we could extend you like we're technically getting you as a rental but we'll extend you a year or two and know that it'll be cheap because you're just kind of in your twilight years like right O'Reilly's at 31 um seeing me just cadre when he was kind of getting got his deal last summer um like th- he's gonna get a massive payday and will increase from his 7.5 million cap hit right now and i feel like the wild don't have that um ready so especially with Matt Boldy's contract uh, negotiations coming up this summer. So you're simply acquiring him for a rental. And then if this, and then you have to ask yourself if, if this team is even good enough to really try to go out and get rentals. Cause if you're trading away prospects for guys like O'Reilly, who will hang around for a year, then like, what are you doing? And then you're kind of, then if you don't like do anything, then you're kind of just stuck without a prospect and without a player. Right. Yeah, like I'm focusing on the forwards because I feel like we've been talking about what they can do to upgrade their center depth on this team for years. And that's mostly because the center depth has never been particularly great. And it's by far the easiest spot to like do a swap and improve their value. Um, The St. Louis Blues are probably not that trade partner. I really like Paul Buchnevich, but I, I, I mean, maybe... I don't, again, I don't know what you would have to give up for him. Um, and maybe a guy on an expiring deal for the St. Louis Blues is something that you'd be interested in because it just takes money off the books. But, like, there was talk of um, Colton Pareko, and I just, that it seems so dumb to me. I don't know why the Wild would ever be interested in a guy who is signed um, till the end of time. <laughs> at six and a half million dollars and who is essentially matt dumba um maybe you think that he's a little he's better defensively but he hasn't been this like he wasn't last year so that seems risky mm-hmm. yeah and like because they, then he's in his first year of his contract like i don't know if you really want that and again he's 29 and he's 29 yeah, exactly like so he's uh i i don't actually can't remember how long he's assigned till but He'll be probably 35, 36 when he when that contract is over. <laughs> he so. signed for eight years. This is the first year of his deal. So he will be 37. 37. And that is bad. <laughs> um yeah, and I the like the wild with some bad moves or some stuff not panning out, the wild could find themselves in an extremely similar situation to the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. They have similar cap structure they have some young guys that are really really interesting but they also have you know 27 million dollars tied up into the most mediocre blue line in the nhl guys like justin falk making six and a half Mm -hmm. and tory tory krug making six and a half million dollars yeah it's 
it's just like not a team that you could vulture off of really if that is the goal yeah and like i think it's so funny because i don't think this team because now you have to like think of brought big picture and like is the are the wild good enough to even consider themselves like a dangerous team right now and i feel like sure like before the season we saw everyone predicting oh they could even comp- like compete for the division title over the abs and everything and of course it's a long season and we're not and but again we like just talking about what already happened and what we know but like this team is still built for long term like kaprizov erickson greenway um matthew boldy marco rossi are five forwards that you can kind of build like are decent enough that you could think of them at, like on a very good team and they're 25 or under. And then you get into the blue line, obviously, and you have your staples of Spurgeon and Brody and they're not getting younger, but you have like Jacob Middleton's only 26. You have Kaylin Addison, obviously at 22. Like there's still like this, like sense of future and sense of long-term planning that I feel like, yeah, it is disappointing that the wild are off to a bad start, but this is still a team built for the long haul and it's not necessarily smart to give that up and change plans because you're starting slightly below where you expected. Because like, say like if would we even be talking about it in the same light, if the wild simply won two more games than they have right now, and then they'd be like tied with the abs and points. Like probably not. Yeah, I was I was gonna talk about the Avs because the Avs, yeah, the Avs currently only have two more points than they do. Oh, sorry, I mean, like, yeah, played... you win you win one more game and you're tied with the Avs. Like, yeah, they played two less games, yeah. I think, or one they played one less game, yeah. so they have yeah. And I mean, I <laughs> I don't I'm not terribly plugged into the the Avalanche space, but I mean, are they talking about tearing it? Down? No, <laughs> like, are not. they talking? <laughs> exactly. Like, we had to get rid of Kadri after we won. It's like the typical like we won the cup. So we had to trade some dudes or get like, let's yeah. walk. And then this is just like who we are now and we'll probably get better, but whatever. Like there's no panic. We're like the wild. They're like desperate to see a first, like an actual playoff series win. And that's probably why, because like you see, like are Chicago and Arizona going to be ahead of you in the standings for the entire season? I hope not. <laughs> like it's, it would, yeah. I feel like that that speaks more to you know the those two like playing out of their out of their league than it does to the Wilds, um, sort of with a slow start. And again, like if those two, even if we weren't to change anything about the Minnesota Wilds record, if Chicago and Arizona hadn't be like hadn't had the start that they've had, as mediocre as it is, <laughs> like they would be third in or sorry fourth in the division like and behind and we probably still wouldn't be talking about it it's just like the sticker shock of seeing the minnesota wild in sixth in the central yeah is is tough to swallow yeah so i I think it's still super like long term no moves really need to be made right now and i still think this team is good enough to like they'll be in the playoffs this year. I don't think that there's there's really issue of that unless it's somehow this bad luck just continues and they have, what was it, talking about the Avs again, but what was that season where like the Avs actually got, um, oh, 
whatever they finished. I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> there was one season. Oh my god! Now I have to look this up. Like, like the Patrick Waugh season, or is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Probably. There's one season where they, like the the Macar season. Yeah. Where they drafted Macar. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They. It was. Yeah, it was 2017. Yeah, where they drafted Macar. So like, it was that season where like their shooting percentage was like insanely low. Like it was just like there was no way that um like that could be repeated again just because of how bad luck how like unlucky they just had for the entire season. Like they had a two nine three points percentage. Like that's just insane. They lost fifty six games. Sorry, that was their shooting percentage? No, no, no. I'm oh, okay. I'm I thought you <laughs> I was like, Can you have a three percent shooting yeah, percentage? Let me look this shit up now. How do you ask? The yeah, what what was it? Um, shooting percentage 7.16. Like way like the and the next lowest were the Panthers at 7.75. So considering yeah. the difference between second and oh god, now I have to do math. Um the difference between the Avs and the next best team, the Panthers, was is the same percentage like same number as between the panthers and the eighth worst auto ascenders oh so wow. it was a yeah. huge so jump, a huge just jump. like way below um and again their same percentage wasn't that great either at eight at uh second last only the stars had worse so it's just like a crazy unlucky spell that this team just wasn't able to Scoring goals. I don't think that's going to happen with the Wild with the talent that they have because it's specific talent that can finish around the net and boost that up and win games. But again, I yeah, I think there's no panic to be needed. But if again, I'll say that, and then like two weeks from now, I'm like, this team sucks so bad. But just because they yeah. lost like I don't know a random game against the Chicago or something like. So what can you? Say? I don't I don't see Matt Dumba like with the team past the trade deadline. Really? And I think that that gets done no matter what. I think regardless of the situation the team's in. And if they don't want to trade Matt Dumba, they can always fire Dean Evison. So <laughs> And that's also something that I've seen bandied around and not just in the hockey wilderness group chat, so Well, yeah. But I I again, I think Garen is just going to be patient with the team. I don't think that he thinks that this team is performing the way that it, it is expected to or can. They're not playing up to their level kind of a thing. Yeah. So Yeah. I think I think there's a lot of patience to be had with this team and and I think that also this is a whole different conversation, but with Dumba staying past <laughs> the deadline, I think that they're going to if they're good. Like it's a matter of thing of like keeping your leadership together and like I feel like it's a very it'd be jarring for them to be so like forward thinking to just say that they could trade someone that's been with their team for a decade in like this hope to win the a, a playoff series while he's there right and my thinking is is that he does mean so much to this team that it'll be like we're gonna send you to a like we're gonna send you where you want to go, kind of a thing. Yeah, but that's for next year. That's where you're, that's where you, you get to choose. Exactly. You're gonna trade it away. You get to rights. choose exactly <laughs> where you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, you 
Dumba, you get to choose exactly where you play, which without our help. Like we were yeah, but you get to you get to help out the team on your way out the door. <laughs> One big ask, buddy. Um, yeah, I I mean uh, it sucks. I do love Matt Dumba. Um, I think he's great. Probably third, fourth. I was gonna say like fourth. I was gonna say favorite player, and I was like, oh, that's not true. <laughs> he's like fourth. Uh, like six, he's playing six, above six. his station in my favorite players like ranking. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, thank you so much for joining me, Thomas. Uh, <laughs> and thank you, everybody, for li- listening to uh, Hockey Hot Dish. Uh, check out HockeyVolumers.com uh, for new articles every yeah, day. every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Thomas. Bye. Bye.